Well, hey church, it's great to have you here with us today. We are wrapping up our summer series on Hebrews. We've been talking about this title, Not Going Back. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've been challenged. I hope you've been inspired to persevere, to press on, to run your race well. Like Aaron said last week, by faith. We need to run with this faith and this hope and this assurance. We need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. What I love about this book is that throughout the whole of it, that the author is encouraging us not to give up, not to give up on our faith, not to give up on our journey, not to give up on our walk with Jesus, not to give up on our God dreams. You know, when things look tough or you face challenges or you get stuck and can't find a way to move forward, the the author is encouraging us, don't give up, don't get tired, don't go back. Don't go back to what? Well, you know, what looked easy, what was comfortable, what we knew before we met Jesus. We need to not go back but stand firm. Jesus didn't say it was going to be easy, he simply said, follow me. God's calling us into uncomfortable territory. He's expecting us, I think, to to squirm a bit, to feel uneasy, to, to want to turn and charge away in the opposite direction as fast as we can. But we don't need to. We don't need to because he's with us, because he's for us. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We can't do this alone, but we can with Jesus. Are you with me today, church? Okay, so as we finish off this series, I want to talk to us uh, one last time and we're going to focus on the idea of an unshakable kingdom. An unshakable kingdom. Why don't we pray? Father God, we thank you that you're with us. We thank you for the promises and the truth held in your word. We thank you that you speak to us and I pray this morning, today, that you will speak directly into the souls of our very being. You will challenge us, you'll inspire us, and as we, as we finish off this series, we will look more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Okay, so the unshakable kingdom. What is a kingdom? That's a good place to start. Well, a kingdom is a territory ruled by a king or queen. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, it says this. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. You know, we've been, we're being given a kingdom, a kingdom that is not ruled by man or, or by an earthly king, but by the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Let me remind you, he is not a king who rules with an iron fist. He's not out to get you. He's not out to judge you. He's not out to criticize you. You know, we need to get our minds in the right perspective. We need to recognize the truth that God is for us. He is with us. He wants the very best for us. And when we get in that right mindset, will begin to live in the fullness of his grace, the fullness of his love, and and begin to walk in the purposes that he has for our lives. When we recognize that, we'll truly begin to live our lives to the full, that abundant life that he promises for us. You know, our king is undefeated. He's never lost. 
He created the heavens and the earth. He cares for you and he cares for me. He's not a king that's ruling in a castle or a palace that knows nothing about his people. He's not this distant king, but he's a king who cares, a king who knows you by name, a king who loves you like a father. And so today we're going to look at at some keys as to how we can enter into and, and walk into this unshakable kingdom. The first key that I want to talk about this morning is time to seek. Time to seek. You know, we're all looking for contentment. It's this innate drive within our lives that we want to feel content. But the problem is that we'll never be content. I'm just here to encourage you this morning. You know, because we think that if we get a bigger house or a better car or a, a higher paid job or a gorgeous wife and a beautiful family or more money, more friends, more Instagram followers, then we'll be happy. But as we get to that goal, as we get the latest this and the biggest that, we realize that when we get there, when we attain that, the goalpost has shifted and we still want more, bigger, better, newer. We're never satisfied. It's this vicious cycle that ultimately leads to a life of discontentment because everything that we've mentioned before is finite. They have an end. They have an expiration date. They deteriorate over time. So in order to find this contentment that we are desperate for, in order to feel fulfilled in that sense, we need to seek the one thing in this world that is infinite. God. And that contentment, finding that sense of contentment, it takes time. It takes more than just turning up to church for an hour on a Sunday. It takes time. So what what motivates us in carving out this time from our busy lives? Well, I believe it's thankfulness. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, it says, let us be thankful. When we recognize that everything we have comes from God, it creates within us this spirit of thankfulness. And then out of that, a desire to spend time with him. So I encourage you today, count your blessings. It's easy to forget to do that, but count your blessings. God, I'm thankful for my family, my friends, a roof over my head, food on the table, a community like Hope Church where we're, we're encouraged and empowered to fulfill God's purpose in our lives. God, I'm thankful that no matter how much you've got going on, this great God with so many people speaking to him, praying to him, reaching for him, no matter how much you've got on God, you've always got time for me. No matter how far I run in the opposite direction or how fast I go, you'll never give up on me. Even when I give up on you, you don't give up on me. God, I am so thankful. Thank you for your sacrifice that even before you knew me, even even before I knew you, you sent your son to die for me, to pay the price, to, to wipe clean all of my sin. You chose me. So God, I am thankful. And then what? Well, out of that thankfulness comes worship in true awe and reverence. Our our thankfulness becomes a motivation to worship God. 
So if we're going to create time to seek God, it requires us to be present. It requires us to be present. And I'm preaching to myself right now as well. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and they're, they're kind of half listening and half scrolling through their phone? I am so guilty of this. Just ask Ruth. And, and I find that my mind is racing 100 miles an hour through this never-ending to-do list. And, and I'm trying to simultaneously listen and be present and pay attention to my wife. But at the same time, I'm trying to do all this in my brain. And I'm a man. I do not have that skill set. And it's the same with God. If we're going to spend time with him, we can't be half listening and half scrolling. We need to be present. We need to carve out time from our busy lives to truly seek God. Ask yourself right now, what is God saying to me? What is God speaking into my life? If the answer is is nothing, then I want to suggest that perhaps you're not listening. Perhaps you're not creating that space, that time that God deserves in order to, to build that relationship and in order for us to enter the unshakable kingdom that we're talking about today. You know, I love a good TV series. I love to to binge watch series. It's, I don't know, it's bad to say it. I'm kind of getting to the point where I've almost completed Netflix. I'm acknowledging that to you today. Sometimes acknowledging the problem is the first step to overcoming it. So pray for me. But Jesus is like the best TV series of all time. And you don't have to wait until next Sunday for the next episode. There's a new one every day for us to watch whenever we spend time with him. But instead, we choose to watch the same episodes over and over again, living off last year's word, living off the the glory days, the good old days. But my Bible says his mercies are new every morning. I don't know about you, but I want a fresh word from God. I want fresh vision, fresh blessings. I don't want to live off the old. I want something new because I know he is doing something new. Can you see it? Can you feel it? So if we want to walk in this unshakable faith, if we want to walk into this unshakable kingdom, then we need to create time to seek, time to seek God. That's the first key into entering this unshakable kingdom. And the second key that I want to talk about today is time to serve. Time to serve. You know, it's been overwhelming to me to see the number of people and the teams coming together to help serve this house whether that's from our holiday uh, community holiday club to our forget-me-nots project whether that's the the tech team and the guys doing maintenance work and and the finance team and and the leaders and and the people that make this service come to your TV screens every Sunday. There's, There's a whole bunch of people who are choosing to take time out of their busy lives to serve this house, to serve our community, to serve you and I, to serve this unshakable kingdom. I don't know how interactive we can get this morning, but maybe we can get some clap emojis going on in the chat because these guys are incredible. They're just working and giving of the time without doing it grudgingly. They're doing it willingly. Let me read to you from Hebrews 13. Let brotherly love continue. 
Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. You know, this verse, it mentions hospitality, but I think it goes beyond hospitality to a a servant-heartedness, this kind of attitude and willingness to serve. Because hospitality and, and serving, it's not about resources, it's not about how much we give, but it's about a spirit that we carry. It's about a posture and an attitude, whether we're serving grudgingly or whether we're serving because we recognize that it's an honor. Are we serving because we have to or are we serving because we get to? You know, I believe that that this verse is talking about your heart. It's about how you care for people, whether you're genuinely looking out for their best interests or are you doing it with some kind of hidden agenda? You know, I think it's also talking about inclusivity because it's easy to serve those people that we love, the people that we know, the people that we, we care about. Serving them is easy, but, but what about the strangers? It mentions strangers. What about serving those people we don't know? What about serving the people that maybe when we look at their outward appearance, we feel a little bit uncomfortable? And then it goes on in verse 3, Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated since you are in the body. It, it almost sounds like the author is encouraging us to a, a place of, of empathy, of trying to feel what it is that they're feeling, whether it's imprisonment or, or, or hurt or, or shame in that sense. You know, when you hurt, I hurt. When you suffer, I suffer. I can kind of feel what you're feeling. And, and empathy is great. It's really important. But if you look back to, to verse 1 and the words that it used there, I believe that it's talking more about more than just empathy. It says, let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. You know, in the Bible, there are four types of love. If you look at the Greek, there's agape love. And that's the, the, love, that, the love that describes God. This unconditional love. This love without expectation or demands. This love that doesn't quit even when rejected. So that's agape love. And then there's eros love. And as you might guess from the sound of the word, that's this erotic love, this romantic love that you would find between a a husband and wife. And then there's storge love. This is this kind of natural, instinctual love that you'd see between a parent and their child or between siblings. So you'd think that maybe that's what it's using here when it says brotherly love, but that's not the word that is used in the Greek. What it's saying is philia love. And what that means is it's translated as brotherly love, but it's talking about a deep friendship, a partnership. You know, there's a proverb that says, some friends may ruin you, but a real friend will stick closer than a brother. You know, I believe the author is saying here that it's more than just empathy. It's more than just trying to understand what they're feeling, but actually loving them with this deep brotherly love, this this partnership. Now, I'm glad to say that I know a lot about this philia type love. Many of you will know that I've got a, a group of friends. We call ourselves the Bears. There's, there's nine of us in this friendship group, and we've known each other for varying lengths of time. And, and if you read our group chat, you would be forgiven for thinking that we hated each other. 
because the, the interaction that goes on within the chat is berating and mockery. There's gifs and memes being used as insult against one another. But underneath all of that bravado, that humour, that laughing and joking, underneath all of that is this true friendship. A friendship that runs deep. It's, it's this partnership that we're talking about here. And I know that any one of those guys would drop everything in a moment to come and help me if I'm struggling. I know that I can reach out to them for prayer, for support, for encouragement, whatever it is that I need. And it's the kind of love where I know without a doubt that they've got my back, that they are for me. So what I think this verse is challenging us is, what if we started to view the people in our community, those that we don't even know, these strangers, what if we started to view them with this kind of love? What if we chose to, to show the kind of love and friendship that surprises people, maybe shocks people, maybe even makes them suspicious because, well, I don't deserve this. You don't even know me. What if we're intentional about creating time to serve, creating time to serve our friends, our neighbours, our community from this place of filial love, with this passionate enthusiasm, not making excuses for why we can't serve, why we can't help, why we can't be there, but instead choosing to serve. Not because we have to, but because we get to. It's a privilege. It's an honour. I believe that it's what we're called to do as believers. It's who we were created to be. It's how we were designed to live and to love in our lives. You know, we're building God's kingdom right here in Lytham St. Anne's. So ask yourself, not have you got time to serve, but how can you serve? Not have you got time, but how can you? If you need help figuring out how you can serve this house, please get in touch with me because many hands make light work. We can always use more hands on this deck. How can you serve? Not because you have to, but because you want to. So I believe that, you know, if we're going to enter into this, this unshakable kingdom, then we need to firstly create time to seek. Time to seek God. Time to listen to him. Time to hear from him. Who knows that listening and hearing are two different things. We need to seek first the kingdom of God. And I promise you that when you seek God, you will find him. So we need to create time to seek and we need to create time to serve. Let me close with these words from Hebrews chapter 12, 26 to 27. Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. That phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is the things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken remain. You know, we're all building a kingdom. We're all investing into something. Some people invest in their career, their wealth, their social media presence, their status, but none of that will last. When God comes and he shakes the earth and the heavens once more, what we'll find is that all of that falls away. Because all of that is, is finite. All of that has an end. 
all of that will get to a point where it's worthless. So what we need to choose is to invest in, to sow into a kingdom that will last, a kingdom that will outlast anything that the world encourages us to invest into, to chase after, to put our efforts, our finances, our lives and our energy into. What these verses are telling us today is that we need to invest in, we need to create time to serve, to seek, to, to invest into an unshakable kingdom, something that will last forever, the kingdom of heaven. So I close with this, asking you, what kingdom are you building? What kingdom are you investing in? Where are you putting your energy, your efforts, your finances, your skills? Where are you channeling all of that which God has given you? Because he's calling us to invest into a kingdom that cannot be shaken. That when he returns and he gives this world a shake, that we will remain, that we will be firm, that we will still be here and we'll be able to say, look God, I served you. Not because I had to, but because I wanted to, because I longed to, because I love you so much that I chose, that I was intentional about serving this unshakable kingdom. Why don't we pray? So Father God, we thank you for your presence in our lives. I thank you that when we seek you, we will find you. I thank you that you are infinite, that you are the Alpha and the Omega, that you are the first and the last, that you are without end. And so I pray that, that as this message was spoken out, that as you, as you breathe life into those watching, those listening today through these words, that you will encourage us and challenge us to, to seek your face, to create time in our lives to seek you, knowing that when we seek you, we will find you. I thank you that you are always speaking. And I pray that we will take the time to, to not just listen, but to actually hear what it is that you're saying and speaking into our lives and over our lives. And I pray that out of that, out of that time spent in your presence, that precious time in your presence, we will be filled with this thankfulness, this heart of gratitude that wants to just worship you and praise you and serve you because of all that you have done for us. I thank you that before we even knew you, you made the choice to send your one and only son to this earth because you loved us so much. You sent your son to die for us, to, to rise again on the third day, to conquer death so that our sins can be forgiven past, present and future. And so I thank you and I pray that as we go about our lives, we will commit ourselves wholeheartedly, intentionally, with an enthusiastic passion into serving your kingdom, a kingdom that will outlast anything that the world encourages us into. So we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your presence in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.